Is everybody doing good tonight? It's been a big day for you? Praise God. Thank God, you know, for a place you can come and be refreshed, right? Get in the presence of the Lord. In 1 Timothy chapter and 6 and verse 12 and verse 13, we'll pray when we get over there. And, and I believe the Lord's got some good things for us tonight. And we know that he will give us utterance. Father, tonight we just ask you, sir, for utterance. We ask you for revelation. Lord, I ask that you would use me to exhort, to comfort, and to edify the saints of God that are here in this place tonight. Use me, Lord, for your glory. Help me to be a blessing to each and every one here. And Lord, speak to our hearts in the name of Jesus, and we thank you for it. And everyone said amen. amen. In 1 Timothy 6:12 and verse 13, it says, Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on what? Eternal life. Whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed a good profession before many witnesses. Now, I didn't notice this before, but I noticed it today, that the word fight there in verse 12 is used twice. Okay? So fight the good fight of faith. So there must be a faith fight, right? We know that there is. He said in verse 13, I charge thee... In the sight of God, who quickens all things, and before Christ Jesus, who before Pontius Pilate witnessed a good confession. Now, the Lord Jesus Christ himself stood up before Pontius Pilate, and he didn't back down. He held fast to the confession of who he was and what his purpose was in the earth. And he is our example to follow. Amen? So there is a connection, then, between the fighting the good fight of faith and a good confession. Amen. So we understand that Jesus is the high priest of our confession. Now, if you're looking for the scripture in that, it says in Hebrews 4.14, it says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession or our confession. So he's the high priest of our confession. But he's also, according to Hebrews 3.1, it says, Holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling. He says, now consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or our confession, Christ Jesus. So he's the high priest. He is the apostle of our confession. He was faithful to him that appointed him as also Moses was faithful over his house. So it's talking about our faithful high priest, our faithful advocate, our faithful apostle of our confession. So I believe this, your faithful high priest and our faithful apostle is over the household of faith, which we are. And he is watching over what we say, not what we say glibly, not what we say as a matter of flesh, but what we say in accordance to the anointed one and his anointing and what we say according to his word. Amen. I'm telling you, he works with what you say. Yeah. And faith without actions is dead. And one of the greatest actions of your faith is believing and releasing what you believe with faith-filled words and then acting upon the Word of God. Say it with me. Speaking, Speaking. is an action of my faith. Now, an apostle is a sent one. He is a sent one. So Jesus has been sent to watch over 
his, your, his word that you speak to watch over the word of God and to perform it on your behalf. Amen. Now, notice with me a verse in Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Someone once said that Christianity is called the great confession. How many of you have made the confession of the Lordship of Jesus Christ as your Savior over your life? Praise the Lord. Now notice with me, in Romans 10 it says that if thou shalt do what? Confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Not just the Lord Savior, but the Lord Jesus. Amen. And shalt thou believe in thine heart said that wrong, and shall believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Read verse 10 with me. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth... So you got unto salvation. You got out of darkness unto salvation, delivered and transferred into the kingdom of his dear son by believing and confessing his lordship over your life. Let me ask you something. Did it work for you? Yes. Were you saved when you did that? Yes. Well, the same principle works for other areas in your life. That's how you got unto salvation for your spirit. But if you want to get unto some other things in your life, if you want to get unto healing, if you want to get unto a sound mind, if you want to get unto your children's being saved, if you want to get unto debt freedom, you believe God's word in your heart, you declare it with your mouth, and you let your faithful high priest and apostle watch over his word to perform it. Now, this doesn't happen by uh, formula. This happens by just simply having a way of life. I mean, it is a way of life for you and I that are born of God to speak the Word of God. It's a way of life. We should be speaking the Word of God regularly. It shouldn't be something that is tedious. It should be something that is absolutely thrilling to our spirits. It should not be something that is boring. It should be something that is alive. Alive? Yes, the Word of God is alive. The question is, is the Word of God alive in you? Say with me, the Word of God is alive and it is alive in me. A living, vibrant on fire fellowship with him that out of the abundance of the heart the mouth will speak and creative power shall be released mountains shall be removed tumors shall be dissolved debt shall be paid buildings shall be paid glory to God children shall come from afar to be nursed at your side thank you Lord if I will say And if you will say what he said, he will do what we say. Should I say that again? If I say, and if you say what he has said, he will do what we believe, and he will do what we say. And so if I want some things to be different in my life, I may have to start believing differently. And saying something differently. And doing something differently. Because if something needs to change in my life, I have to take a look at me. I don't look on God's end. How many of you know God's got it all together? Sometimes we don't. And we need to make adjustments. Do we not? 
I made some real good adjustments last night before I went to sleep. And it's none of your business, but it's just something me personal between me and the Lord. But life is a series of adjustments. So if you don't want something to be a certain way, one thing for sure is you've got to stop calling it like it is. Faith does not call those things which be as though they are. Faith calls those things which be not as though they were. I mean, the things that are are obvious. If you want to, if you want to get from the things that are to the things that are not, you've got to take the promise and start speaking it as if it already is. Woo! Somebody's try that on for size. Woo! <laughs> You're helping the preacher. In James, the third chapter, he says, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For if any man offend not in word, for in many things we offend all, if any offend not in word, the same as a perfect or mature man, and he's able also to bridle or control the whole body. He says we put bits in the horse's mouth that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor or the captain turns it. And so the tongue then is like a rudder on a ship. Now, if I want to go to L.A. tonight, I don't want to be heading on 5 North. If I go 5 North, I'm going to end up in Reading or somewhere like that or eventually Canada. No, I have to be smart enough and humble enough to say, you know what? I better stop. I'm on the wrong road. I better turn this thing around. Well, some of the people say, well, I don't believe in turning the steering wheel. No, if you want things to turn around, you've got to turn this around and turn this around for you to get back on 5 South so that you can get end up in Los Angeles. Amen? And if you want to get in Healingville, don't be heading 5 North to Povertyville. If you want to get to Prosperityville, don't be heading 101 South. Head 101 North, whatever the case may be. Turn it around. Turn it around. Turn it around. Hallelujah. Get hold of your tongue. Get hold of it. Your body's weak. I call my body strong. Well, pastor, you know, I can just look at a piece of pie and gain two pounds. My metabolism is so, you know. No, why not say this? My metabolism is like a house of fire. I think someday we're going to have to stop shooting ourselves with our own gun. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just sense the Lord just saying to us, work with me a little. Just work with me some. Well, some people say, well, this economy is killing me. No, 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 no. It's just as easy for you to say, my God supplies my need. I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed out begging for bread. I'm delighting myself in the Lord. He's given me the desires of my heart. You've got it, don't you? Look at 2 Timothy chapter 4 then. Notice with me in verse 
6 and 7. 2 Timothy 4, 6. For I'm now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. <laughs> Paul knew when he was ready to leave, didn't he? Probably looked at his watch as my flight leaves in. He knew it. Can you know? You can know. But here's what was important to Paul, and here's what's important to us as well. In the time we have left here on earth, what do you say we fight a good fight? What do you say that we finish our course, we do what God's called us to do, and keep the faith? Keep the faith. I want to be able to say that with conviction. You want to be able to say that with conviction. Finish it up. And then what do you say? Let's blow this popsicle stand. <laughs> Finish your tour of duty. Amen. <laughs> Fight. Endure. Hardness is good soldiers. And when it's time to go, let's just go. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9. That went over real big. All right. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Hallelujah. Thank God. that I love that song, Pastor Tom. The love of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. He said, now this is Paul talking. And he says, know ye not that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize. So run that you may obtain. So they had games in those days. There was running and there was boxing. In verse 25, and he says, And every man that striveth for the masterate is temperate or self-controlled in all things. Now, of course, they do it to obtain a corruptible crown or something that perishes it. But we do these things for an incorruptible crown. Now, notice in verse 26 what Paul said. And I want you to read that with me from the King James. Ready, read. He says, I therefore so run, but not with uncertainty... I so fight, but not as one that beateth the air. Interesting. So he's talking about running, and he's talking about fighting. One translation says it this way, I therefore so run as not uncertainly, so fight I as not as beating the air. Another says this, so I run like someone who has a goal. Everyone say a goal. He's pressing toward the mark. He says, I fight like a boxer who is hitting something, not just the air. The New Living Translation says, so I run with purpose in every step. He said, I'm not just shadow boxing. And still another translation says, so I do not run uncertainly or box like one who hits only air. Now, when boxers train, sometimes they have someone in theirs that they can hit, but they do a lot of shadow boxing. And Paul is saying, I'm not shadow boxing in this warfare that I have in the spirit realm. He said, I'm not running in circles. What Paul is saying, when I throw a punch, it connects. When I throw a punch, it connects. How many of you know that there's a real enemy and there's a real fight? And we do not want to shadow box with the enemy. 
You know, you can work up a sweat and you can perspire and not connect anything with the enemy unless you do it properly. There is spiritual warfare, but you've got to know what spiritual warfare really is so that when you throw a punch or when you take your sword out, you're going to connect. I'm going to talk about these things. Pray this with me. Lord, give the pastor utterance. So this is a real fight. This is not a, a vague concept. Um, many are confused about what the real fight of faith is. It's possible to fight and not land any punches. Somebody said, well, yeah, Pastor, I, I felt something. I, I worked up a sweat. Uh, but that doesn't mean you're effective. You know, years ago, there, there were people that, well, I'm not going to go there. Look, look at Second Corinthians chapter 10. I better not. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1. Let's, let's just stay with the word. 2 Corinthians 10, 1, he says, Now I, Paul, beseech you by the meekness and jealous of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent, I'm bold toward you. You know, Paul is a humble man. But he also knew how to be bold. Now notice with me in verse 2. He says, But I beseech you, that I may be bold when I'm present with that confidence, whereas I think to be bold against some, which think of us if we walked according to the flesh. And verse 3 says, For though we walk in the flesh... Okay, so connect war with fight. Spiritual warfare. Okay? Fight the good fight of faith. For though we are living in the flesh... We do not war after the flesh. We do not fight a spiritual batter, battle with fleshly means. Amen. We don't shadow box. We want to connect. Keep that in mind. How many of you know that doing just a bunch of physical stuff is just like beating the air? This fight that you are in... This fight that I'm in, this fight that we fight every day of our lives, it is not a flesh fight. And there's all sorts of funny ideas about what spiritual warfare is. And without going into it in depth, a lot of it is just the flesh. It's just shadow boxing. Putting on fatigues? Really? Going up in airplanes? Really? That's all flesh. It doesn't produce. It doesn't connect. And then there's people that they go into the throne room and they talk about warring tongues. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Put your sword back. You're in the throne room. Working up a frenzy in the throne room. When you come close to God and you draw nigh to God, put your sword up. You don't need your sword in the throne room. The sword of the Spirit is not for the Father. It's for the small father of lies. It's for demonic forces. 
And so a lot of the things, you know, people can get feelings on and they can get worked up about. But really, in reality, it's not connecting. It's shadow boxing. It's flesh. Say it with me. When I'm dealing with the enemy, I'm using my authority. And that means that you don't have to necessarily scream all night long. That means that you don't need to necessarily jump, dance, sweat, and get all worked up in the flesh. Now, I believe in jumping. I believe in dancing. I believe in running. But it's got to be done in and by and through the leading and the, listen, the unction of the Holy Spirit. Not something that is orchestrated by a pastor or a leader that very easily can manipulate crowds by working them up in the flesh. That is why you will never ever see in this church an entertainer in the platform. We are not here to entertain. We are here to declare His Word by His Spirit so that revelation can come and faith can come and that it can change your life so that in the middle of the night when the devil tries to park in your mind or park in your body, you'll know what to do and put that turkey on the run. Amen! Amen. And so when he talks about warring in verse 4, he says, For the weapons of our warfare... They're not carnal. They don't originate in the flesh. But they are mighty through who? They're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. And that is how warfare is waged. The warfare, my brothers and sisters, are thoughts and imaginations, wicked spirits in high places, Trying to sow seeds of doubt, discouragement, fear, failure in the city of your soul. Yes, it comes from evil spirits. But it comes in the form of thoughts and imaginations. And what those imaginations do is they can form an image in your mind if you let it park in your mind long enough. And if it forms an image in your mind, it won't be long before you start saying what you're seeing. Or start saying what you're hearing. That, my friends, is where the strongholds are. That is where evil lies. And evil tries to lodge its spirit, its imagination in your soul. But here's what he says to do. In verse 5, entertain those imaginations. No. 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 Casting down. Another way of saying, cast them out. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and we bring into captivity one that has already been stripped one that has already been defeated, one that has already been pulverized by Jesus, we tell him, you have no right in my soul, you have no right in my body, I cast you down, I pull it down to the obedience of Christ. 
Listen, friends, there are so many things that come to our minds in our lives that contradict what God said. It's happening right now in this country. And that is why you have to look at everything that comes through the government, that comes through the Republicans, that comes through the Democrats, that comes from the Supreme Court. You have to look at everything, not from the philosophical, theological spirit of this world system. Because everything that is according to this world system is anti-word. And so if I am going to live my life like Christ and in Christ and through Christ, then I've got to look at everything that happens through the lens of this word. What does the Bible say? And when I know what the Bible says, I cannot be moved off of what the word says, even though I love the whole world. Even though I want to minister to the whole world. Even though I have no bitterness or resentment against the world. I am here as light to minister life to the world. That really is bound by blindness. They're bound by darkness. The God of this world has blinded the minds. Come on guys. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those which believe not. Good preaching. Are there things that come to you that contradict the Word of God? Absolutely. They're strongholds. We must cast them down. Listen, friends, what happens in our life every day is there is a battle of beliefs, beliefs, and it has to do with thoughts. Now, here's what the enemy does. The enemy works at preventing the folks in the world to see the light. He works at preventing it, and he also works on those who have seen the light to turn loose of the truth through strongholds and imaginations. I don't really think that we have seen really the significance of thoughts as we should. There are certain thoughts you must not allow in your mind. There are thoughts of the enemy that are more deadly than a rattlesnake. These are not thoughts to be put up with. These are thoughts to pull down. These are thoughts to know what the Word says to resist those thoughts and put your foot down on that which is under your feet and say, no, you don't. You've got to fight that. You've got to fight that. And you know as well as I do, because many of you experienced intense spiritual warfare. If you've ever experienced intense spiritual warfare, like fiery darts, not just one a day, but boom, 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 raise your hand. So you know what I'm talking about. And that's where... You gotta, and I gotta, show up for the fight. Show up for the fight. And we don't fight with natural weapons. We fight with spiritual weapons. 
One spiritual weapon that you can fight with in addition to speaking God's word is praying in the Holy Ghost. Another spiritual weapon that you can fight with, and you're not really fighting the devil, but what you are doing is you're so centered in and you're so focused on Jesus through praise and worship that you're enveloped and drawing nigh to him and his presence just comes upon you and causes the enemies that are trying to hound you to be scattered before you. Come on, somebody. Enemy will tell you you're going under. We ain't going under. You tell the devil he's the one that's going under, and very soon he's going further under. That's the time to fight. When he tells you you can't, you say, No, thank God, I can do all things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Tells you you're going to die young. Shows you pictures of your funeral. Starts asking you questions like, well, what songs do you want sung? He'll do that. He'll show you videos. And if you sit there and watch those videos, he'll say, play it again, Sam. You resist death. With the life-changing word of the living God, with long life, he will satisfy me. He's going to show me his salvation. Say it with me real strong. Come on, guys. I'm trying to help some of you. Say it with me strong. I will live long. I will live strong. I will fulfill all that my Father has me to do. This day I choose life. To think life. To talk life and to act on the life of God. And so he waits, he waits for those entry points. He waits for those areas that we're vulnerable in. One thing that makes us vulnerable is fatigue. Tired, I mean tired physically. The best thing you can do when you're tired physically, guess what? Go to bed. Get yourself some sleep. Get yourself some rest. Vince Lombardi, the great coach of the Green Bay Packers, said this, Fatigue makes cowards of us all. You can be well-rested physically, but be fatigued spiritually. Let me say that again. You can be well-rested physically, but be fatigued spiritually. And all of the Hawaiian sun and the beautiful Pacific coastal waves will not put you over spiritually. Now, 18 holes at Half Moon Bay and in down south won't hurt you because <laughs> you can get up to the T and you go shalaba kasanda yay shahata thank you Lord <laughs> I talk to the Lord while I'm exercising why not how do we get off on all that are you getting anything yet tonight look at First Peter chapter 5 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and verse 9. So we have some opposition arrayed against us, but the favor that we have and the power we have is much greater than the opposition that's arrayed against us. 
Say with me, my father greater than all. And the greater one indwells me. And he lives in me. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, it says, be sober. That's a word right there. Now, you, Pastor Tom called me the heavy meddler today while we were doing some stuff. But I'm not going to meddle there. Just be sober. You don't need the wine. You need the new wine. You don't need kugels. You don't need grain belt. You don't need whatever it's called. You just need Jesus. Be sober. Now notice this. Be vigilant. Now that word there, vigilant, means to be alert. To be aware. Be vigilant. Not be fearful, but be alert. Be aware. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. So he says, be alert, brothers and sisters, because they are coming. He warns us so that we then can be in a place of alertness so that when he comes, we don't give him any place. So what does he come to do? He comes to see who he can devour. The word devour there literally means swallow up. Swallow up. Now notice with me in the next verse, here's what we do. Whom assist steadfastly in fear. Now the Bible doesn't say assist the devil. It says resist the devil. Whom resist steadfast with your faith. Now notice this. Knowing that the same things that you're going through are accomplished in your brothers throughout the whole world. In other words, someone has faced what you are facing. So what are we to be resisting? We're to be resisting those thoughts and those imaginations. What did Jesus do when the enemy came? He said, it's written. What did he do the second time the enemy came? He said, it is also written. What did he do the third time that the enemy came? He said, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Glory, he told it just like it was. Now, you'll never be able to be like Jesus unless you're a student of the Word to know what the Bible says because you won't be able to resist the devil unless you know the Word. And that's why we should be reading the Word regularly. And then finally, look at Ephesians chapter 6. Man, you listen so good you could preach all night, but we don't have all night. But look at Ephesians, the 6th chapter and the 10th verse. Do you believe that Jesus' words landed where they needed to land? He wasn't shadow boxing, was he? Amen. Ephesians, the 6th chapter, says this. Finally, my brethren, be strong where? Be strong where? Say this. I am strong in the Lord and in the power of? Didn't say a word about us being strong in ourselves. But he said, be strong in the Lord, the power of his might. You know, I'm looking at this congregation and I just sense in my spirit, this is a battle ready bunch. I thought I'd get a bigger amen than that. I believe that this bunch here, come on, is armed and prepared. 
And here's how we prepare and here's how we stay prepared. You don't put the armor on every morning. That's flesh. You keep the armor on. It's spiritual armor. Well, I'm going to get up in the morning. I'm going to put my gospel shoes on. And then I, nah, keep your shoes on. Keep your loins girt about with truth. Keep that sword sharp. Keep that shield of faith held up so you can quench all those flaming missiles of the wicked one. That'll keep you strong. So he says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able. Say it with me, the armor of God makes me able. Now notice, to do what? To stand against what? Now this is very important. I want you to see this. It does not say that we may be able to stand against the power of the enemy. Have you read Colossians 2.15 lately? The Bible says he spoiled principalities and powers. He made a show of them. I'm getting just rambunctious tonight. He made a show of them openly. He triumphed over death, hell, and the grave. I'm not afraid of the devil's power because he is a defeated, stripped enemy. But he is wily. Wily Coyote. So it says, when you have this armor on, it will enable you to stand against his wiles. What are his wiles? His wiles are his tactics. His wiles are his strategies. But you and I have armor. Now I want to look at verse 10 and 11 to the Amplified Version. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 and 11. We might go into the extra innings just a little bit tonight, but you can handle it, right? Yeah. In the Amplified in verse 10 and 11, it says, Inclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with Him. Draw your strength from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. Verse 11. Put on God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, which God supplies, that you may be able successfully... To stand up against all the strategies and all of the deceits of the enemy. So then how does he go about seeking whom he may devour? He does it through lies. And that's what we must be alert about. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, we must be very bright and quick when it comes to his deception. I mean, he is such a deceiver. In Revelations, it says that he goes about to deceive the whole world. He's a deceiver. And he goes about, listen folks, people in this world, they're not deceived by the millions. They're deceived by the billions. They're praying to rocks. They're worshiping crystals. Give me a break. Yeah, but there's evil spirits over those nations. Yeah, but where did they come from? How did they get into the nation? They got into people that were not saved into their thinking. And it built a stronghold into them, thinking that every Christian and every Jew should be removed from the planet Earth. It's a strategy. It's a lie. 
Oh, but we've got the light. I said, we got the light. And we don't have just the light for ourselves. We've got the light for the world. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this bunch here at Heart of the Bay, we're going to shine bright in the Bay Area. We're going to shine bright in California. We're going to shine bright in the Middle East. We're going to shine bright around the globe. And we're going to get as many people that are bound by darkness and whom the God of this world has blinded their minds by the manifestation of truth. We're going to hold up the light. He is such a deceiver. In Revelations 9, it says that in Revelations 20, verse 7 and 8, the Bible talks about him being thrown into the pit by an angel. Have you ever read that? You know how many years it's for? For It's for a thousand years. And while that jerk is cooling his heels in the pit, as soon as he gets out, he goes back to deceiving. There's no hope for him. Don't buy into this lie that everyone on planet earth is going to be saved. There's no redemption for the devil. And a man will not go to hell for who he is, but a man or woman will go to hell for whom they have not confessed and made their Lord. But before it's all over, I believe we're going to have an opportunity. Hallelujah. And so the word deceive then means to cause to go to astray, to get off from the truth, that you really should be fully persuaded of. It's a battle of thoughts. It's a battle of words. I want to say this tonight. Don't ever underestimate your enemy. It's a fight. And we cannot go head to head with him up here. We go toe to toe, eye to eye with him through the word and by the power of the Holy Spirit. Dark forces are in the deception business, but we're in the truth business. Our goal is this. Pastor Tom, we're reaching the lost. We're healing the hurting. We're maturing the believer. And our goal is this. We're going to see just how much of the world that we can help be enlightened. Hallelujah. 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 I'm not finished, but that's enough for tonight. Let's just thank God for the word. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody shout with me. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Glory to God. Don't buy the lie that just came right out of my spirit. Don't buy the lie and ask questions like, why, oh, why, oh, why? Why me? Why me? Don't buy the lie. Lay hold of eternal life. Lay hold of the promise. And stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made you free. Put the lie down. And pick up the truth and place it in your heart and speak words of life and speak words of light 
and the lies of the enemy shall back down and desist. Hallelujah. And you'll walk in the newness of the life of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Is every head bowed?